welcome to A Pinch of Salt podcast. A podcast where we make communication a topic of conversation. I'm Hannah. I'm Tara. And together, we make make A Pinch pinch of Salt. Welcome to our first podcast. How exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, I think we should probably start off by kind of talking about why we've decided to do this. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's a really good kind of form of CPD. I feel like I spend a lot of my professional life trying to disseminate information about speech-language communication needs, disseminate evidence-based practice, and you find so many practitioners that feel like they don't have the time or they find reading journal articles really inaccessible or they don't feel confident enough to do that. And I kind of thought this was a way to kind of extend that passion of mine, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and be able to reach a wider audience and talk about speech and language therapy in an accessible way. Because we could also, um, what's the word, um, caption, no, have a transcription of our podcast as well available so people oh, could nice. read it if they're not oh, able to. That's a very good idea. Oh, yeah. Very um, inclusive as well in oh. case um, there are people with hearing difficulties. Like um, myself. Yeah, like yourself, exactly. It's a much better reason than my reason. Um, I'm a con artist <laughs> and obviously no longer work as a speech and language therapist so I'm going to be using this as a way to keep my head in the game. Mm-hmm. So what do you do now? Well, now, Tara, as you know, I am a civil servant working as a policy advisor in the alternative provision team. Nice. Not many people will know what that is. So that's the uh, strange uh, section of education, which is often forgotten, uh, where lots of children with speech language communication needs happen to end up because they might have been excluded or they have health needs or um, they're new to the area and they don't have a school placement. So I am trying to bring speech therapy into that part of the education system. Nice. Well, why don't we start with who we are a bit more then? Tell us a bit more about how you came to be. How I came to be? Well, in 1993, no. Um, So I qualified with you from Sheffield in 2015. Spent four years, the glorious, glorious white Working away. Sheffield City. Drinking hard, working hard, um, before we qualified and both came back to London. Yeah, and what did you do when you moved to London? I mean, I'm not sure that Sutton is technically London, but whatever. South London, the very, very (laughs) south border of Surrey, London. Let's let's go with that. Um, so I took up a job, peripatetic job, so working across lots of different schools from primary right up until college. And I think we'll be talking about being a college-based speech therapist mm. in a later episode of this podcast. Um, one of my favourite bits of the education system, I think. A lot of functional skills, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, worked there for three years and had a great time doing it before running away to Bali for a year to be a speech and language therapist there. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm a lucky gal. Um, and how many speech and language therapists were there in Bali? Just the one, friend. Just me. Flying that speech and language therapy flag <laughs> wherever I go. Um, but enough about me. Please share some information <laughs> about yourself. Well, uh, I studied alongside you in Sheffield. At some point, I think we possibly are the only friends we had for each other on the course. <laughs> um, I too moved to London when I graduated in 2015. 
Um, I wasn't entirely sure where I was going to live or what I was going to be doing. So I kind of did some babysitting of some special needs children. All good experience. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, And then got my first job. I worked in a um, specialist school in North London, particularly for students with autism, age four to 25. So I had a really nice big range. Mm. Um, then I moved to a SEMH school, social emotional mental health school. Um, I did a little bit of time there and I have been in my current setting for three years, which is, um, so I'm employed by the local authority Um, And I work in a secondary school for students with moderate learning disabilities and other complex needs. And I am there full time as part Mm. of a wider team where we have another speech and language therapist and an OT and a drama therapist and a counsellor. Wow. And it is a bit of a dream. That Um, is a dream. In a lot of ways. A fountain of resources right there. Yeah. So I do that and I am also a social media and book editor for Child Language Therapy and Teaching Journal. Very impressive. Which is good fun. Um, Also means that I get um, extra access to read all of the articles online, which I thoroughly enjoy and then we run the website together don't we yeah you are the you're the better half of us you're the half who is very much head in the research buying your books from america and flying that flag on twitter with with tweeting the right people and uh knowing what's out there in terms of evidence-based practice i think you're you've got your head in the game thank you that's very very kind very kind I just talk about deafness and selective mutism and hope that oh, people pay attention to topics, me. aren't they? Yeah, what would you say yours are? Um, I think for me, learning disabilities is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked with a learning disability, disability population since I graduated. Really, really enjoy working with them, uh, particularly teenagers. Uh, kind of fell into that accidentally, but I really enjoy doing that. Mm. teenagers never thought that that would be the area that I was also so invested in yeah and yet and the area with no research yeah such such a small amount of research and yet it's one of the best um one of the best age groups to work with yeah there's so much functional skills there's so much getting them ready for life outside of the education system they're Um, really kind of finding their personality yeah it's really nice to be part of that journey absolutely and uh and you can go out into the community into into cafes and there's just a lot to do there which is which is more fun I think you can have more of a more of a connection and more things that you know are going to be applicable it's like when you're doing algebra in school and you're thinking when am I ever going to need algebra in life Mm. And I feel like I kind of thought that when I was working with teenagers where we were doing things they would actually be doing in adult life, Mm. skills that they're actually going to be using and that are going to benefit them Mm. in being independent. And Mm. that's why I love working with teenagers. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I also am quite interested in a practice of speech. Don't actually get much of a chance to um, work with students with practice of speech, but that is an area of interest of mine. Um, also love literacy, which is rare. A couple of podcasts on that. That's a rare thing for a speech therapist. Well, it is in the UK. I feel like it's a bigger deal in America for our speech language pathologists over there. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy working with literacy. I think it, well, the research shows how much of an impact it has on your language and how much of a language based task it is. Because we had one lecture at university. 
We had a module. Okay, a module of which I remember one lecture. A, a module of which I remember we had, uh, we were given the exam questions in advance. Mm. So we essentially had to write three essays and memorise the three essays. So it was about your memory and then write. Your understanding of the <laughs> subject. Yeah. We love those exams. And I still got the recordings because I recorded myself on my dictaphone and then played them back to me to try and remember them. Good way of auditory, uh, auditory learning. That's not a thing. Auditory learning is a thing. Is it not a thing? <laughs> auditory learning, kinesthetic learning. No, that is so debunked. Are you serious? Yeah. I can't tell people in my leg now. Uh oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, like those kinds of like learning styles are like. But everyone's multi sensory learner, but there are different ways of learning information. Yeah, but the the evidence that you know one person is a kinesthetic learner versus one person is a whatever like there isn't any evidence. No, no, no. I know that's true. So everyone is a multi-sensory learner. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Except that sometimes you're learning your information through just like the audio. Sometimes you're learning it through reading it. Sometimes you're learning through moving through the task. So mm, everyone learns okay. in a multi-sensory way. So okay. that is an example of learning something by using audio. Okay. Well, that links into my final area of interest, which is learning theory. So how humans Mm. learn um, and how learning theory affects the acquisition of new skills. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings us nicely back to our podcast. Yes, it does. So what will we be doing? What can people expect? So... The plan is we're going to aim to have 20 to 30 minute podcasts, so easily digestible. You know, we're thinking you're making dinner at home. You're having a snack. You're having a snack. You're commuting to work, you know, and you you want something that's going to keep your attention but isn't too long because I think that is part of the reason that people really kind of opt out of CPD Mm. because they feel, well, they don't have the time, they don't necessarily have the attention span. It's boring. Um, can be boring can be you know i'm in the camp of i love that kind of stuff oh i love cpd but i don't like boring cpd (laughs) so so i can listen to it on my commute there's a preference yeah it's 20 to 30 minutes talking about different kinds of topics so i think some of them are going to be like hints and tricks things that we've learned as professionals um some of it will be kind of really looking things down a microscope we'll mm-hmm. be talking about some of the papers that we've read would be useful yeah yeah um i like the sound of this yeah quite in a conversational style so we'll be talking to each other we'll be asking each other questions occasionally we have some guests lined up which is exciting we do we do we're lucky enough to now have some friends who are specializing in some interesting areas yeah because obviously we have a big background in 25 and under but mostly the education kind of area yeah so we have some really good colleagues that work in adult work in academia academia yeah that's a good one um also some other different professionals so drama therapists um and it'd be really good to have conversations with them i think um to just Yeah, like you said at the beginning, kind of make communication a topic of conversation, kind of really bring it to the forefront so that it can be digested by not just speech and language therapists, but also other professionals that might work with children with or adults with speech, language and communication and swallowing needs. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's another big one, swallowing. As yeah. part well, of thankfully, we have a really good guest that can talk to us. We about do, that. we do, and yeah. I think it's something that um, lots of people don't understand about our jobs. I think calling no, ourselves speech and language therapists, there's so such a focus on the speech. When yeah. I think we all know that um, communication, and swallowing, really, mm. are the focuses of most speech therapists' lives now. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so SALT, for those that may not know, stands for Speech and Language Therapist. Me and Hannah, if you couldn't guess from our regional accents that um, we're from the UK and Speech and Language Therapists are often called SALTs, um, particularly in education because SLT, Speech and Language Therapist, stands for Senior Leadership Team in Education. So we can't be calling ourselves that. Yeah. They've trumped us. They have, they have. And obviously Speech and Language Pathologist in America mm-hmm. and in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but salt has a nice ring to it. Exactly, it's it rolls off the a really good tagline. It has, like, it has. how witty, extremely witty. <laughs> if we're not blowing our own trumpet a bit too early on, so I guess we've just got to wrap it up now. Yeah, and uh, think about what we're going to do next time. Yep. So um, you can find our podcast link on our website as well as our other blog posts. Yeah, you can stream us on Spotify, on iTunes. Um, you can also just download it from anchor.fm. We also have a website, www.a-pinch-of-salt.co.uk. It took us a long time to get that domain, by the way. And a long time to search it every time we <laughs> want to reach one of our, <laughs> yeah. one of our blogs. Yeah. And we upload blog posts. We have some free resources on the website as well. I think the really important thing for us since we started the website two years ago is that we really kind of wanted a place to make things accessible for other people but also some of it is also part of our personal development as well isn't it like researching making things writing things is all reflection and, and trying to become a better practitioner oh yeah this, this goes into our 30 hours of uh, cpd we have to do every yeah. year yeah. absolutely and we, we get something out of that in a month <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah thank you very much for listening and um, we hope to be tuning in to your uh, computers or your commute or your CPD session again sometime soon. Yeah. Take care from Tara and Hannah. And we are a pinch of salt. salt.